Well, I think we did it. I think we've finally come up with a concise answer to what the best programming is. It's one of the questions we get the most often, not just in regards to this podcast, but at our level one and level two seminars. And I think we've provided you in this show a really good answer and at least some good guidelines and reasons why, right? Too many people are just like, do this or do that without the why behind it. I think we've helped you out a little bit here. So I think you're going to enjoy it. And before you listen to it, I just wanted to let you know we got some cool things going on on our website, besthouroftheirday.com. You can download 50 icebreaker questions to ask at the whiteboard absolutely free. Just got to type in your name. We don't spam you. So head over there if you want to do that. And something cool that I just added is our book club. If you go to the header where you see podcast, underneath it you'll see book club. And right there is a list of all of the recommended books we've had from our guests in the podcasts. Not only that have been put out there and are already available, but anyone that I've interviewed and that hasn't been broadcast yet, so you'll see some of our upcoming guests, you'll see their recommended books, and a couple of them recommend more than one, so it's really cool. It'll leave you wanting to go to the local library or hop on Amazon and download some books. So, without any further ado, here we go. We're going to talk all about programming strength and Metcon versus one workout a day versus your next biggest squat program, whatever it is, we're going to give you that answer right here. Fern and I talk all about it on best hour of their day. This is going to be the end all debate, Fern. We are going to break down box programming. This is the question we get asked the most often. Yeah, for sure. The most frequently asked question with regard to programming at both the level one and the level two. So, you know, the question typically is, should we do one workout a day? Because that's what we promote at the level one. We talk in depth about it. We further that discussion at the level two. But most boxes we have found do more than one piece. And it typically looks like a strength and Metcon. I mean, that's how people would throw it out there. Hey, strength and Metcon. So we want to have the final debate, the last decision to be made. And I think we'll hopefully get to it by the end of this. I think we will. Um, You know, this has a ton of rabbit holes. So this is, we're just going to discuss this topic for sure. But, you know, programming in general has so many tangents. I don't know, like we couldn't even possibly cover them all in a a 24-hour podcast. You know, and this is a podcast primarily about developing as a coach, becoming a better coach. So the question can be asked of, well, why is this important? Well, if you're programming too much at your box, there's no coaching happening. You know, that's usually the follow-up question. We, we lay out a timeline. There's there's one piece. We talk about where we're going to do our general or specific warm-ups, where we're going to actually teach the movement or refine them. And then when someone says, well, can we throw in a strength? What's the first thing to go? It's the coaching. Yeah. I mean, if you look at your lesson plan again, and you look at, okay, if I, if I had it lined out on a 60 minute timeline, you're like, okay, I want to add one more piece in there. Then the first thing you have to tell me is what are you going to take out? You're going to put more in there. You got to take something out. What's it going to be? How many times have you had someone from your box? Cause this actually just happened to me this morning. How many times have you had someone from your box, go visit another box and say, 
holy crap, that was horrible. Probably three to four times a month. Yeah. So members are growing wise to what good and bad coaching is. Someone just reached out to me today. They, they moved back home for the summer and they were like, I didn't realize how spoiled I was in coaching. We basically had a class supervisor at this box. Yeah, I had a, yeah, I mean, it, it's not, it's not a rare occurrence. And that's not to say that our gym doesn't have things to improve. Like I could, there's a laundry list of things that we could improve. Um, but that, that does happen very regularly. Yeah. So, so let's dive into this. Where do you think the notion began that we need more than one workout a day? Uh, I think it's just kind of monkey see monkey do. So, you know, Instagram is sexy. People see what other people on Instagram are doing. And the assumption is if I do that, I'll be fit like that. And I'll, you know, go to the games or get a bunch of followers or there, or I follow a coach who's programming for a high level athlete. And then I try to mirror my programming off of that coach's programming so the the major distinction here needs to be made between coaching and programming are not the same you have some people that are exceptional programmers and can be you know very subpar coaches and vice versa somebody can be an exceptional coach and a very subpar programmer but at the end of the day regardless of what programming you use and i think this is a pat barberism but you know a a great coach can do a lot with bad programming a bad coach can't do shit with great programming. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that does sound like something Pat Barber would say, and I like it, and, and I fall right into that category. I happen to think I'm pretty bad at programming. Sure, you know, I can go by the old CrossFit methodology of, you know, the GWM layout and do pretty well, but, you know, some of the guys that are programming these days are very skilled, and they spend a lot of time, effort, and energy developing that skill. And it's not for me. I'd rather focus on coaching. So like you said, people were doing more and more, probably started back in 2009, 2010, when more workouts were being done per day at the CrossFit Games and these athletes were just putting in the volume. Now the misconception became, well, if the best are doing it, I need to do it as well. And I think we can both admit we've been guilty of that style of programming in the past. And And I do believe any box should test all programming. Yeah. So my, my general stance is, and people ask me, should we do strength plus Metcon? And my answer is yes. You should also do Metcon plus strength, which nobody does, but you should also do just the strength and you should also do just a Metcon. And if we're going to adhere to variance, if I do strength plus Metcon, and this has always been my contention, if I do strength plus Metcon every day, that is by definition, not variance. Yeah, I remember this is years ago, we did a str- uh, Metcon and then a strength and our members lost their minds. Literally, what, what are we doing? I'm gonna be so weak. And then they all PR'd. And then, and then to follow that, it was the year the Open had a, a Metcon followed by a one rep max clean and jerk. So if you never do that, you just got, demolished in that strength portion and from an educational standpoint i think there's something to be learned from the client standpoint and from a coaching standpoint to really kind of highlight whether you're warming people up well enough during your workout is just like you said we have some some kind of benchmark workouts within our programming and they kind of look 
I won't go through it, but it's basically a mile run into a max rep back squat, but it's time constrained. Depending on what your mile run looks like, that time constraint will shift. And then the same thing for a 2K row into a front squat. And the number of PRs on those day is a lot because people are legit ready to go at that point. And there's a lot to be said for kind of combining slow twitch warm up with fast twitch training immediately afterwards. But yeah, you're going to be shocked by the number of people that are going to PR on those days. Yeah, I can, I can tell you as a 41 year old, I feel significantly better once my body starts moving and I can lift more. And Roz is the same way. She always likes to do her Metcon first just to get her body moving. And we, and we feel better after that. And, 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 you know, typically that results in lifting more load. So, I mean, I think we could probably end this podcast four minutes in and say, you need to do it all just like you laid out the, the challenges. So many boxes hear that and they still skew towards strength Metcon, but they also skew towards, there's always a combination of things. There's never just one portion. Uh, and, and really the heavy days where people are not willing to go, okay, we're only doing a five by five back squat. Yeah. And I, I think this is because of this, this misconception that, that you cannot, that we cannot somehow make people stronger without lifting a heavy barbell every day. And that's just not the case. If you know anything about, you know, if you read any old school textbooks, uh, you know, starting strength, you know, any, any books about, you know, linear periodization, what you're going to start hearing a lot or reading a lot is training age. And the vast majority of your athletes in your gym have a training age of about zero, which means it doesn't matter what we do. They're going to get stronger. Five, three, one hatch cycle, Smolov, which nobody should ever do all of that stuff. It is going to make them stronger. There is no magic in those numbers for somebody with a training age of zero. They are going from literally not training to training, which means they are going to get the adaptation of training. They're going to get stronger. They're going to get faster. They're going to get more flexible. So this is to kind of throw a lot of water on this fire of people who want to be great programmers to say that like for the athletes that you're training, it doesn't really matter. Like you could literally pull some rep schemes out of a hat and it would work. Yeah, I mean, and I think as you're saying that, it, it, it makes me think of two things. One, a lot of coaches and box owners are beyond that training age of zero, so they forget that. I mean, you and I, you know, you were in the military. I grew up wrestling. Like, I trained for 20 years before I found CrossFit. So, yeah, I might have needed to do a little more. Certainly not as much as the games athletes, but, you know, the, the flip side to that is I, I use a real t- example. We have a guy named Eric at North Naples CrossFit. I, I love this guy. He's a, just one of those guys that comes in, does whatever you tell him to do. And I've been coaching him probably six months and he's gone from, I would say he couldn't back squat 115 probably on day one to a 300 pound back squat, bar muscle ups, double unders, competitive with me in just about any workout we do. And he's simply done the programming from the box. And, and, and that's it. No, he literally rides his bike in, goes to class. As soon as he's done, I mean, he's a good guy. They get, you know, cheers everybody on, hops on his bike, doesn't stay, do more. And, and he's, he's loving it. And he's not only making progress, he's injury free. Yeah. So, and again, like, I don't want anybody to, I don't want anybody to misinterpret or misconstrue what I'm saying. 
linear periodization works like that that is not what I, i'm not saying that like it's bullshit or any of that stuff like there is real thing with regard to periodization and undulation within your programming and all of that stuff however there's a lot of practical reasons why that doesn't work for instance the difference between tr programming for one person and a hundred people in my gym who only show up a couple days a week, if I'm trying to put together a linear periodized strength program for them, they're going to miss arbitrarily 30% of those training days, which means it fundamentally won't work for those athletes. That's why you will never see percentage work on CrossFit.com. It's why we stopped using percentage work years ago. We're just going to go for generally heavy based on this rep scheme so that the athletes can get the stimulus. And remember, heavy is what I like to tell athletes is, hey, heavy is relative for you on this movement on how you feel today. Like, that's it. So if we can touch anything that looks like 90% on any given day, if you know anything about strength, like that's a good training day. Like it's a great training day. So just take it and walk. Yeah, you know, and, and going back to what you said earlier, where it's like, hey, good box should have strength and Metcon, Metcon and strength, Metcon and, you know, gymnastics, skill work, et cetera. For that same reason, you need to vary. You can't say, okay, Mondays we do strength and Metcon, Tuesdays we, because you will have the people that inevitably always miss Wednesday due to family obligations or never come in Saturdays. You know, and, and, and piggybacking off your percentage work, you know, we did have a percentage on the whiteboard the other day on the deadlift, and I had three people that had didn't know their one rep max deadlift. Now, if I had been rushed around, I wouldn't have had the time to watch them kind of figure out where I thought they should be there. I mean, they were athletic men. They weren't as it wasn't their first time ever deadlifting, so they could pull some weight. But without that time in the class built into coach, you don't get the opportunity to do that. And I think that's the big takeaway, which is like those people are in there to, to learn from you and have a good time. And if I, there's a bunch of stuff in the hour, a, it inhibits my ability to, to teach and see and correct, but it also inhibits my ability to interact with people, to engage, to find out how Sally's doing, to find out if John got that job, to find out if so-and-so, how their vacation was. Like You just can't do that if you're shuffling them from one thing to the next. And again, to go back to the real point of this is this, mis in, this misconception that people are, can only get fit by doing both is just wrong. I've got no shortage and we don't have freak shows in my gym, but I've got no shortage of soccer moms who come in who are just there consistently four to five times a week who back squat well over 200 pounds. And they're not trying to back squat well over 200 pounds. They just show up. They do what we tell them. They like to drink wine and they back squat a lot of weight. Like you don't have to do that. Now from a practical standpoint, okay, if you're not going to do linear periodization, well, okay, well then how do I kind of, kind of fit this into my program. And if you want a very simple template that again, you should vary from start on the calendar on Monday. And again, you can switch this up however you want. Monday is my strength day for this week. Next week, it's Tuesday. The next week, it's Wednesday. The next week, it's Thursday. And I'm just going to cycle back. But that way, I'm not leaving out any days. I'm putting about seven days on average between, between heavy days and that way I can start figuring out what I can do is I can take the idea of linear, of linear guys or uh, periodized linear Jesus, a periodized linearization and stretch it out over instead of doing an eight week program, I can do it over 12 to 24 weeks, right? So maybe I'm not going to do 
uh, the, the 70% or the fives two weeks apart. I'm going to do them six weeks apart. But the vast majority of people will show up on those days and they'll still get the adaptation because remember their training age is much, much lower than somebody like, for, I'll use myself for instance, played collegiate athletics, spend a lot of time in the weight room in high school and in college and then post athletic career. So what I'm going to need in order to get stronger is significantly different than what my moms are going to need to get yeah, stronger. And, and like you said, you can't just go off that model directly because then again, it's not varied. If it's always strength and your next day is always Metcon, you have to mix. Sometimes you need strength and strength. So, yeah. you it, know, but it's just a template for you to start with varying it, but it gives you a pretty good idea of how to start mixing that in. And then what you can look at is like, as I go down the calendar, what do those heavy days look like? Is it going to be back squat this day and then an overhead press the next week and then a pull the next week? Or am I going to squat two weeks in a row, which again, you should do. Um, so again, you just need some sort of template to vary all while going back to are people getting stronger? And again, it's really hard. I, I just want to really hammer this home. It is really hard to mess this up for people with a training age of, of virtually nothing. Yeah, that's what our buddy Tato said. He goes, the pro, or he said something like, CrossFit is so good that even done shitty, it gets crazy results. And yeah. that goes for every direction programming, coaching, you know, no matter, I mean, there's some really bad boxes out there and their athletes are still making progress, you know? And, and then I think to add all of this, you know, together and, and give these guys the answer, the listeners, it's like, you have to remember, most of us are stronger than we will ever need to be in life. Like I had a conversation with a girl back squatting 300. She was upset. I'm like, you will never need to squat 300 pounds ever. So it's cool that you can do it. And I'm a fan of taking your body to the max and, and, you know, really optimizing what you can do. But most people just want to come in, look better naked and have a good time. And, you know, really, I think it also comes down to is every town has the box. That's this, the box, that's that. It's like, what do you want to be known for? Do you want to be known as the box that produces competitive athletes? Cause that's going to be hard to sustain. And, you know, with the change to the CrossFit games, less important, right? It's going to be harder to qualify unless you're listening to us from, you know, Granada. But, you know, the, the, the average person just wants to come in and have a good time. You want to be known as the box that is building a phenomenal community, keeping athletes safe, and getting people in, into the best shape of their life. And to do that, it's exactly what you've just laid out. Yeah, and there's so many, there's so many things... The, in my mind, if we're really going to talk about like if the point is to make people strong with going with the strength plus Metcon are detrimental or actually negative to what you're trying to achieve. And again, I'm not saying that people won't get strong this way, but long term, it's not sustainable to put a barbell in the average person's hand every single day and go heavy is not going to pan out. The volume you're putting on people, the neurological stress that you're putting people under will eventually start to lead to a degradation in their performance. Like that is, that is not even debatable. Like that is going to happen. So you need to have some breaks in there with how you do that. You know, like you need to figure out how to kind of understand what are the repercussions of doing a heavy five or a heavy one deadlift? Like what are people going to feel like the next day? They're going to be smoked. So maybe I look at what I do the next day and program according to what I know is going to happen to the human body when I put it under stress. And 
from a standpoint of putting both things in one hour, if the idea is to go heavy and you're trying to convince me that putting a 15 minute clock up on the wall and running it and telling people and expecting that people are going to actually get heavy in 15 minutes is just foolhardy. So then the begs the question, then what the hell are we doing? If they're not going to actually get heavy, then why are we doing it? Yeah. We're just doing it because we think that's what they want. They don't, most of your people, you know, it, it comes down to, we do a lot of these things because of the the loud people at the box. The, the the people that are just coming in every day who are, by the way, your best members, the ones that aren't complaining, are the ones you want to program for. And and like you've said a couple of times, I think, you know, it comes down to this also, like, where's the intensity happening? If, A, if you're throwing up, let's do a heavy day, and you're not actually going heavy, that's not intensity. And if you're doing two pieces and people are gaming it because they're worried about the the Metcon that's coming, that's not going to yield intensity either. And I know for me, you know, I went back to the box the last two days. I've been so busy that I've been training mostly in my garage and my intensity is diminished there. It's hot as balls and I don't push like I do at the box. And I'm really sore today from two days of intensity. Both days were one Metcon. And I just went harder, you know, trying to beat people, trying to push myself. That's where the results come from. Yeah. And again, so, and if you, if, if you want to put heavy loads in there, then start bumping the load in your Metcons up. Like you can get heavy without spending a ton of dedicated time on that. If, it, if it's a power clean, bump that power clean weight up. And again, heavy is relative. So that's a sliding scale, depending on the athlete that I'm talking about. I can get heavy loads and I can get a very similar neurological demand at the tail end of a moderate to heavy Metcon as I would on a heavy day. So figure out more creative ways to do that, to get that same stimulus without jamming more things in your class, rendering you ineffective as a coach and not giving people what should be the best hour of their day. Eventually they're going to figure out that, Hey, there's just a lot of stuff in the class and you don't actually coach me. And if you have those loud athletes who want more, just sell them individualized programming. Yeah, you're, you're turning money away. And, and if you're kind of wondering what those workouts that Fern just described look like, there's one every year in the open. You know, the first one that came out was when we had the box jumps and deadlifts. And you had to earn the right, you know, as Dave Castro said, to get to that heavy deadlift. The strong guys wanted that deadlift right away. But like Dave said, you had to earn that right to show your strength. And you can do that any day at the box, you know, whether it's, increasing loads in your power clean like you said or heavier deadlifts or you know or like you said once in a while throw it in at the end but I think that's really the summation of this argument is you have to do everything and if you're the box that's only doing strength in Metcon you're you're giving your members a disservice and if you're not doing probably at least twice a week if not three times a week only one component you're not providing coaching and Members are getting smarter. They're seeing that. And ultimately, that's why they're going to leave your box. Yeah. And, and for those of you who are naysayers on this, you're like, no, I can do it. Okay. If you, if you are that confident right, that you can smoke this workout, videotape it and put it online and let the world judge you for your effectiveness as a coach. If you're that confident, then put it up there. Like, I want to see you mic'd up with a camera following you around for six minutes running a strength and a metcon and it will the objectively the internet will let you know how effective that was like just so if you're that confident put it out there but what i'm here to tell you is i know some of the best coaches in the world and that 
scenario gives them the cold sweats. They're just like immediately know that something's going to suffer. And I'm just going to do a little bit of, you know, managing people here and not a whole lot, hell of a lot of coaching. Yeah. And, and, and for the record, the box that I coach had does that every so often, you know, they'll have a strength in a Metcon or a skill in a Metcon or a Metcon and strength. And those days that I have that as a coach, I know it's going to be significantly harder and I have to really prepare for that. And, you know, we're two of the more experienced people out there. So I know about that. And, you know, last thing I'll say about it, you know, as we wrap up is I coached at a box and they were putting three, four components. It was a mess. And I was just shuffling people from one workout to the next. And I said, Hey, next time I coach, let's just do Fram. I said, let me try that once. So first of all, coaches, talk to your box owners and, and offer a solution and ask to try it. I did it. Members got their first pull-ups because I had 20 minutes to teach the kipping pull-ups. We refined our thruster. Everybody crushed themselves and loved it. And that's Fran. I mean, it doesn't get shorter yeah, than that. I, I just, workout. So, yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, the, at the end of the day, like if we're just talking about from a programming standpoint, if you have this template that you always use, it's just fundamentally not creative. So you're, you're, you're not developing your skill set from a programming standpoint. If that's all you do, figure out more creative ways to do that. And the reality is like the more creative you get, the more fun those workouts get like those workouts where you figure out some weird way to weave that in there. Like those are the ones that give people that stimulus that they're not used to. And those are the ones every single time people at the end of the workout, they're like, that was awesome. Like that was really good. That crushed me. And you're like, cool. That's what we were going for. Like something that kind of puts you again, outside the margins of your experience, because we don't always program it that way. Well, I think we did it. I think we gave a pretty definitive answer. They know where we stand. I mean, there's still a lot of gray in there, but um, the answer is mix it up, challenge yourself, and ultimately set yourself up for success as a coach. Yeah, and if you guys have questions about this specific topic, like post them. Like there's no shortage of scenarios here that, that you're going to have to navigate. And there's some, so there's some better and worse ways to handle that in order to get a good class. Yeah, and that's that's a great point. If you have questions about it, throw it up there because we can dive into all sorts. There are different reasons to do this, reasons to do that. Hit us up. We're happy to answer, and we'll potentially make it a future episode of Best Hour of Their Day. Well, we did it, Fern. We did it. We kept it to about 20 minutes, as we said, and hopefully we gave some answers. Let us know what you think. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of their day. Take a moment, head over to the Apple Podcast app or Spotify or Google or whatever you use and leave us a review. It really means a lot to us and it's what allows us to spread the word. Also, share this with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Tell everybody at the box to listen to best hour of their day and let us know what we can do to provide you a better experience. Do you have topics you want us to talk about? people you want us to interview. We are here for you, the community. We're here to give back, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Best Hour of Their Day.